0: All right hey uh, welcome it is Bowerly News Radio 9:30 WBEN the uh, radio program that was voted number eighth in the entire country as far as uh, afternoon drive medium market radio shows. So the whole medium market thing kind of takes some of the joy out of that, but uh, and and number eight. So you know, I I couldn't be number one because that's impossible in Buffalo. (laughs) I couldn't win the Super Bowl, no. But I I was like, I was, I was a pretender to the crown. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, Anyway, well, welcome. Hey. You want a better review? Give a better performance. Anyway, uh, welcome. It is uh, Bowerly WBEN. Good to be with you, loves. Hello. We made it to the end of the week. Yowza, hopefully you have a fine weekend of uh, debauchery coming up with... uh, with your friends, um, wish I could say that was going to be the case uh, tonight and tomorrow, but unfortunately it uh, is not going to be. But anyway, um, we are talking about something that has really caught my attention and caught my uh, interest level in a big, big way. Um, volunteerism. Is volunteerism dead? Because we've been focusing on the volunteer fire departments. Earlier this week, there was a fire in Springville. And it came out at that time. Well, it's always been there, but it really became acute at that time, the fact that uh, we don't have enough volunteer firefighters, and they had to call in fire departments from elsewhere to help with that uh, fire set by the stupid arsonist. So uh, fortunately, nobody was killed in the fire, but uh, uh, that's immaterial to this particular topic, which is people are not volunteering to be firefighters anymore. They're I mean they're not volunteering to do much of anything anymore. We're uh, running spots on the air here on WBEN for volunteering at the SPCA serving Erie County. Volunteerism is dead or dying. Let's just say it's dying because uh, many of you do volunteer and I'm really really curious If you are in an organization or a place that requires volunteers, have you seen a big drop-off in the number of people who want to donate their time toward a worthwhile cause? Be it volunteer firefighting, be it working with animals, be it working with seniors. Have you noticed a drop-off? And you know, you think about it, and uh, I think I think it's Eucrest fire I've driven by a few times, and they've had signs out saying, hey, we need volunteers. Volunteer to be a firefighter today, or something along those lines. I think it's Eucrest, but I, I could be wrong on that. Drive by a lot of fire halls in the course of a given day, just like you do. So uh, anyway, of course, it's always the same ones, and I still don't remember their names. But anyway, uh, the situation with volunteers is is pretty is pretty bleak and in the national news apparently the further out into the into the sticks you go the harder it is these days to put together a volunteer fire company and i think the statistic nationwide is 33% of the volunteer firefighters are 50 and older So that's a lot of firefighters who are not exactly in their prime years. You know, unfortunately, kids, you're going to find that uh, once you get to be 50, the body does not heal like it did when it was 30. And it's a lot easier to get yourself hurt. After 50, than it is when you're in your 30s. The older you get, typically, uh, the more susceptible you are to injuries, and the longer those injuries uh, take to heal. It's just uh, the way of the world. Good news is you're above ground. Bad news is it's not enjoyable, as it was when you were in your 20s. You can't eat what you did when you are in your 20s. Of course, if you watch what you're eating in your 20s, you're probably going to be better off when you're in your 50s. But that's if you're eating pizza and chicken fingers every night, um, that's not good. That's not good for the long term. because Typically, heart attacks don't happen overnight. They're something that are cumulative in nature. But uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, You might have an organization, and for those in Canada, that's organization, uh, that is in need of volunteers. You might It might be a fire department. It might be something else that I haven't even thought of mentioning. Never would have thought of ski patrol as being a volunteer thing. I always thought that was a paid position at any given ski resort, but I guess I'm wrong. And it makes sense for the ski resort, too. Why bring people on the payroll if you can do a swap out with people, say, all right, you're in ski patrol. You get the ski for free. Your family gets some great breaks, uh, and we get a free ski patrol. That's a, good, that's a win-win for both people. But uh, asking people to be a volunteer firefighter in 2023 seems to be, I'm getting the sense that it seems to be like pulling teeth. Maybe you yourself do volunteer, Maybe, especially, I'd, I'd love to hear from those of you who are under the age of 50 who actually volunteer and how it is that you got involved in volunteering where you volunteer and what it is you do, what you get out of it. Is it rewarding? Um, I, I'm really, this, this whole volunteer subject is fascinating to me because we've always, far back as I can remember, We've always called Buffalo the city of good neighbors, and I always equated good neighbors with volunteering. But even here in the Queen City of Lake Erie, we seem to have a real shortage of volunteers, especially in the fire service. But Um, We've been dwelling on the fire service because of that Springville story, but I'm open to taking calls from people who volunteer in other areas of human interest and uh, speciality and endeavor as well. Uh, Let me give you the phone number so you can call in, because the more you guys call, the less you listen to me drone, and I'd call that a win-win. I'd call that almost as good not listening to me drone as free skiing at Kissing Bridge or any other resort, don't you think? Yeah, I think we're on the same page on that. 803-0930 is the phone number. 803-0930, the phone number. Star 930 is free on the cell phone. And the toll-free number, although I don't know anybody who's paid for a telephone call long distance since the advent of cell phone plans, Uh, 1-800-616-WBEN. 1-800-616-WBEN. I said I was going to bring this topic back today. I uh, wasn't sure if I was going to spend so long on it today, but so far anyway, the uh, response has justified that. This is a great opportunity for you to get the word out about your fire company's need for bodies, um, your organization's need for bodies. I mean, on any given day, Uh, If you look online, you will see little blurbs. Saw one today for um, cancer patients who need rides to treatment. I forget what the program is called. Sorry. Just don't recall it. We get bombarded with a lot of different messages every day, and sometimes I don't remember exactly what it is with which I was bombarded. But it was earlier today, and there was a picture of a lady in a car with a gentleman, and uh, cancer patients need rides to treatment. Well, that's a volunteer situation. That Yeah, that's a volunteer situation if you're an individual doing it. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm really, really surprised that in our area, we have such an issue with fire volunteers. You see all these VF uh, license plates on the road. Where are you guys today? 803-0930, because I know it doesn't mean very fine. You're not a coin. 8030930. star 930 on the cell phone, one 800 wben Nolan is in Buffalo and is on WBEN. Hello, sir. how are you, Tom? Excellent.
1: Good to hear. So I just wanted to make a a comment. I'm a member of a department in Erie County, and I also run uh, EMS up in Niagara County. And I just want people to realize the big picture. Niagara County has gotten so bad, uh, and their paid service has put so many volunteer services out that they've actually had to create a municipal EMS agency in Niagara County. And if we don't start turning things around here, I think that's going to be the unfortunate future, and uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of costs to come along with that that we're going to have to figure out.
0: Now, what do you mean when you say municipal EMS?
1: So they're going to have a county-wide, county-ran EMS service, so they're going to have Niagara County ambulances uh, that are ran by the county, and it, it does have some good that comes along with it, obviously, having the, the staffing available. But, um, you know, the, the paid companies that were up there that, that promised that they were going to do such great things and couldn't perform were the same reasons that a lot of the ambu- fire companies got rid of their ambulance because they didn't want to compete. And now we, we kind of had to turn around and find another way to get it done.
0: Um, stand by, if, uh, if you can, because I want to find out how it is you can run the EMS in Niagara and be a volunteer in Erie. Let's go back to uh, Nolan on WBEN. So, Nolan, a volunteer in Erie County, and you run Niagara County's EMS. How does a guy do that?
1: Well, um, when I moved, I joined a company down here in Erie County. I've been in the volunteer service for a number of years And uh, there's a bunch of volunteer ambulance companies up in Niagara County, Tri-Community, Tri-Town being the two big ones. There's also some out here, Boston EMS uh, is a volunteer. Uh, Lancaster Ambulance has some volunteer uh, left. So you can be a member of more than one agency. Uh, It does get a little tricky if you talk about fire and things like that. But uh, the EMS side, uh, they they were so hard up for people, they had to develop a pay-per-call program uh, up at one of the volunteer companies. So, You know, there's just less volunteerism all the way around, and and the requirements are getting a lot harder, so we just had to find a way to, to bridge that gap.
0: So when did you start noticing it?
1: I think it's been maybe the last five years you've seen a decline, and the last two to three has been frightening. I mean, on a daily basis, there's no ambulances available, or we're calling in ambulances from further and further out. So there's an obvious delay in in getting help where we need to go. And for the volunteer service, there's volunteer companies that run EMS that show up to a call, and they might be stuck there 40 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half sometimes to get their ambulance there. And that's another issue. You know, these guys are volunteering time.
0: Oh, no. Do we lose Nolan? Oh, Nolan, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, You're cutting out. I don't know what just happened. You back with us? I'm back with you. I'm okay, all right, so guys going to get tied up on a call 40 minutes at a time.
1: Yeah, and we're, and we're stuck there until that ambulance comes there, and, and you know, it's just putting a, a crunch on everybody. So if more calls go out in that time, that's less people to respond, less people to help you out as overall because we're stuck somewhere else just waiting on an ambulance to get there. And it's and- not the provider's fault. It, it's, it's a chain reaction.
0: And you also miss out, uh, 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 tragically, on the golden hour of trauma. I mean, as you well know, because you were trained this way, that uh, if you get somebody to a level one trauma center within the first hour after trauma, they've got a much better statistical chance of surviving the trauma than if it's more than an hour.
1: Absolutely true. And same thing with strokes and and cardiac issues. Uh, Everything, you know, starts going downhill after, you know, the, the more time that passes, the less... Likely they are to have a full recovery. Yes,
0: yeah, so or in my case, wait a week and then go to the hospital. That was uh, very intelligent. Uh, so the um, uh, the situation now the, the the pandemic had to have had something to do with that because. Uh, there have been, according to my research, 100 volunteer firefighters who died during the pandemic of COVID. At least some of those COVID cases were picked up during calls. Uh, one of the January 6 people uh, was helping uh, extricate police officers and caught COVID at that time and ended up dying.
1: Yeah, the the influx has been uh, just, I, I can't even tell you, the influx of calls. Over the last couple of years has been something I've never seen in my life. I've been doing this over a decade. Uh, But furthermore, I went to the EMS Memorial uh, with uh, my old department who had a line of duty passing from COVID. And to see the names that came up this year, uh, last year, excuse me, from all around the country who had fallen due to COVID was, I mean, it was a real eye-opener. Even for me being in the business, I I never realized how far-reaching it was and, and how bad it was affecting our providers.
0: I wonder if they also have one for the people who died after the vaccine. Um, sorry, I had to get had to get that shot in there. Uh, but anyway, um, that's very interesting. I uh, I thank you very much for what you do. And is there any uh, call that you would like to make to people listening to our show right now? Who uh, uh, who the pe- people you want to call? Individuals where they can help.
1: Yeah, check out your volunteer fire company. Look for your volunteer ambulance agency. Even if you don't want to be a firefighter, there's a position for everybody. We have traffic details. We have administrative members. We have, you know, auxiliaries at some departments that just help with food and beverage during a large-scale incident. So there's literally a spot for everybody, no matter your age or or level of experience, and they'll train you as well. So, uh, I mean, anybody can help If, if you have just a little bit of time. We'll, we'll take whatever you're willing to give.
0: So there's there's even people who don't have to go through extensive state mandated training and they can help.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Well, that's that's good to know because uh, I have to believe that that's a big turnoff for an awful lot of people. You know, knowing that you have to go through. You know, one guy said two years of training just to get out on fire calls.
1: Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Getting your, you know, being a a live firefighter or an EMT. You know, both of those classes take months and months and months. Then there's certification testing and then continuing education for the rest of your career. This isn't just you get a, you know, a pat on the back and, and pushed out into the fires. You know, every year we have to recertify and tr- have so many training hours to keep doing it as well. So, well, you know, the, the minimum initial commitment could be a year or two, but then it's ongoing forever until you until you retire from the fire service.
0: Yeah, the, the, this, is, this has been so fascinating for me. Nolan, thank you kindly for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good weekend. A- absolutely. Um, I, I don't know, guys, is this opening your eyes? Because my eyes are wide open because when I brought this topic out yesterday, I wasn't expecting much. I was expecting a little bit here, a little bit there. But um, I've been swamped with emails and with phone calls about this volunteer crisis, in particular with emergency services. And I really shouldn't be surprised because – there's a labor force shortage with every employer I know and with whom I have spoken. And think about it. If people don't even want to take the exam to be paid police officers with great pay and great benefits and a great retirement plan, um, why are they going to volunteer? If I mean, it, just, it seems to me that like, we are heading toward an era of all paid fire departments or robots doing the job in the future because people just don't seem to have it in them anymore. It's, uh, it's, I mean, if you are a volunteer, I'd certainly love to hear from you and why you do what you do, how you do that voodoo you do so well. A song played by every band and every solo performer in western New York. Makes me want to cut Josh's ear off every time I hear it. Um, Josh Schmidt is at Master Control. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Reservoir Dogs on uh, Netflix. It's a Tarantino classic, but I warn you, it's grisly. So not a movie for kids at all, and not a movie for super sensitive adults either. All right, and I wouldn't advise many cops watch that either. 803-0930, star 930, one 616 wben Talking about the volunteering crisis in western New York, which is worse than I thought it was. It is. It's, uh, Folks, I knew it was bad. I wasn't expecting it was going to be as bad as we found out over the past couple of days. People used to volunteer. Now they're not doing that so much. 803-0930, star 930, one 616 wben I mean, I wonder if it is a lot of younger people don't seem to want to work. If they're, not, if they're not going to do something for pay, how are they going to do something for free? And a lot of the people who would like to volunteer in our area are too old to do anything too strenuous. I mean, they can still do something, I'm sure, with the fire company, but uh, perhaps at a slower pace. 803-0930, star 930, one 616 wben Barbara is in Eden, New York. Uh, Barbara, you're on. Did they ever find that uh, car seat that got stolen? Uh, I don't
2: know anything about a car seat.
0: Oh, uh, well, it was a special needs child's car seat got jacked from a car. I couldn't believe I saw it happen really? in Eden.
2: Yeah, things do happen there, believe it or not. Um, interestingly, my story is going to lead kind of into the segment that you just talked about with young people. Um, my story is I uh, started as a first responder, 20 years old, on my um, emergency squad, you know, town's emergency squad, progressed to an EMT all the while thinking that, geez, I maybe would consider something in the nursing profession. Um, What I'm leading into is working on a crew, being exposed to um, emergency rooms, you know, bringing in patients. I was exposed to trauma. I was exposed to, you know, simple nursing home, you know, transfers. I feel that if anybody is contemplating Maybe going into the nursing profession or even, you know, an ER doc. Being a volunteer exposes you to a whole gamut of things that you would not normally even know are out there. And it led me into a nursing career that I have, I'm still nursing um, after 34 years. And I do respond to, I'm not any longer on the squad because I live a distance away. And, you know, that's a problem when you have to respond to calls. But I still will stop at any accident in any town because it's in your blood. And I am only mentioning that because I I recommend anybody who is not real sure if they would be cut out for you know, being in in any type of a medical career. It's a fantastic way to test the water, so to speak.
0: So you are an RN, may I presume? Yeah. Oh, God bless you. I know that RN school is very easy. Uh, I know it's a walk in the park.
2: Yeah, I know that you, you know, are a very, very strong advocate for, you know our profession oh absolutely
0: so I, absolutely because I what you what you people go through in nursing is a boot camp
2: yeah I, I totally appreciate that that knowledge because um, you know after you do it for so many years it does become you know kind of commonplace I will admit that um, but I do see how the younger people do struggle but What I'm getting at is I really think that there's a lot of people that are cut out for, um, you know, things further than first responders and EMTs and, you know, paramedics, but they don't really understand that, you know, what they're able to handle until they actually do it. That's what I'm getting at. Um, I was 20 years old. When I think about I was new in my town, that's the other thing. It opens me up to knowing my local police force knowing, you know, just the layout of my town, getting to know people in my community, that opens up a whole world to young people, being on that kind of an organization. I would highly recommend anybody who feels they want to help people, that it's something that you will never forget, the feeling of being able to help preserve somebody, you know, enough to get them to a hospital, to get them to the O.R. It's just, I could go on and on, Tom.
0: Well, I, I wonder to what extent the Damar Hamlin incident um, made people consider a career in nursing or in some kind of uh, medical adjunctive field.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, there's a lot to be said for, you know, layman's training and just being able to take a basic, you know, CPR that, that I, I'm 100% behind. I, I, you know, renewed that and, you know, just basically could teach the class,
0: I, I guess I can say. So we had a caller earlier who said that um, her, I think it was her granddaughter, started out because uh, the high school, um, the high school she attended offered an EMT class and she basically took it from there and got into the volunteer fire service and uh, then went further.
2: Yeah, that that's huge. I mean... I really think that these organizations that are really hurting, which is pretty much all of them, should start to look at maybe introducing something at a very, um, you know, junior high school level. You know, don't wait till an individual is just looking to fill their summers to maybe, you know, come home from college. It's something that I feel needs to start earlier because I do strongly think that it leads to you wanting to, you know in in a, in a profession that maybe you didn't know you'd want to pursue.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, very interesting. Uh and by the way, Barbara, in all fairness and other reasons I another re- well, some of the reasons I love RNs are um propofil, <laughs> diluted and morphine. Ah, They're my ah, friends. You're funny. All right. Thank- yeah, you're funny. Thank you, Barbara. I appreciate it.
2: Okay, Tom. All right, Bye-bye thank now. you.
0: I did think I set the record last time at Buffalo General for most sedation needed during a uh, ICD procedure. Because <laughs> my body just got so used to that stuff. Like, hey, I can still feel that. Damn. It's probably not a good sign. But anyway, 803-0930, Star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Those are the uh, phone numbers. And talking about volunteering, I love the call from Barbara. And and seriously, those of you who are RNs, um, I don't think people understand what you go through in the whole training boot camp process, how difficult it is. I think people take RNs for granted. They just think, oh, you go to school for a couple of years, you come out, you're an RN. And you know better than I do um, that it's a bitch. It is one of the toughest um, fields of study that you can have. And I... I've been told different numbers of, okay, I started with X number of people, but I ended with X minus whatever number of people. But a lot of people can't hack it. A lot of people can't handle it. So, um, you know, love love an RN. Love them today. Love them tonight. They're easy to find. Anyway, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, let's get back to the calls. It's uh, Justin in Wheatfield. Justin, you are on. Hello.
3: Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm a Town of Weefield Lions Club member, a proud member of that. I am 39. I've been a member of that for several years. i a board member with the Historical Society of North German Settlements of Western New York, long name, but basically it's a little museum up here in Weefield. Been a member of that for several years, but I was also involved in other groups from beforehand. I'm also Wef- uh, the Town of Weefield Town Historian. And what brought me to this? kind of lifestyle, and, and I try not to do everything all at once, but uh, uh, naturally, but what got me into this was reading things like the obituaries. If you look at the obituaries of where people used to be, especially as they passed away later in life, you, you go down the list and they, you see different memberships or, or, and uh, service in uh, the armed forces, um, volunteering in the fire department or some, other, some organization they were involved with, sometimes for years and years at a time and i would read through those uh occasionally just getting involved in history in general and i would think to myself myself sometimes what if what if that would be really good in my obituary what if someone could say of me that i helped people that i that for what i had or didn't have in life i could still pay back pay it forward you know basically as we say naturally and be able to get back to the community in a constructive way and of course people my age you know we're we're busy but uh, you don't want to get burned out either. Uh, but at the same time, there's always something that you can do uh, sustainably that helps the community. And by the way, there is a long history in our country. This is a democracy. The United States of America, for example, is a democracy, right, philosophically and everything else. Well, it's else. a
0: republic, there actually.
3: A federal republic, right. Uh, but there was always a pedagogical uh, necessity that when you're in a free and uh, democratic uh, society that you are obligated basically, uh, to give back and to be able to, to, uh, essentially, um, uh, show gratitude for being in such a free society with God given rights and our freedoms and so forth. You're starting to
0: wonder if that's actually true now. anymore, to be honest with you. I've grown a little Which bit, I, s- I've grown I, I, a little bit skeptical was. about that, to be frank.
3: Well, that, that's been our, that's been our uh, custom. And, and lastly, we've had a lack of civics in our schools, uh, civic education, uh, participation, encouragement to participate. Maybe, uh, maybe it was a little different back then uh, with regards to the philosophy of, so- <laughs> of our country. Even smaller, but even in places where the population was small, many more people volunteered. Uh, and it's, you know, we used to have six different bands in the town that we feel belonging to different church and fire uh, groups now there's just one, the Burkles German Band, which is awesome, but that's also our last band.
0: Wow, that's that's really interesting. So with all of those things that you do between being the Wheatfield Town Historian and the Lions Club, uh, where, where do you allocate most of your time?
3: Oh, I would say fairly evenly when you break it down, and there are many ways to participate. Uh, being there in person really helps, but even just helping out with things like social media, um, other different tasks that, don't necessarily require a whole lot of driving or walking Um, like the lady said from before she made excellent point Uh, there are many ways to volunteer there are many ways to get back it just helps to lighten the load within certain organizations and as other things get um, you know more stressful and things like that these the surviving organizations ultimately have to uh, take on more with fewer people and so just doing a few things as a new volunteer Uh, really helps keep that organization going and covering more people longer.
0: What is the Lions Club... That's my my advice. What is the Lions Club all about? I know Paul Cambry is very involved in Variety Club, but how about Lions Club?
3: Well, the Lions Club of the town of Weefield belongs to a larger international organization, Lions Club and Lions Clubs International, and there are several focuses, mostly humanitarian-based, like uh, childhood cancer and uh, pediatric, uh, well, uh, pancreatic cancer, um, um, I'm sorry, well, One of the cancers, I'm sorry, Uh, just trying to remember everything, environmental, vision, of course, vision care, um, other different responsibilities here and around the world. And we uh, put on events. We have a medical assistance apparatus loan closet uh, in the back part of our our campus there that uh, loans out and takes in uh, medical uh, medically sound equipment uh, for people who are in need. Uh, we also care to different events and so forth. All this requires people to be able to be available
0: and And how is the Lions Club membership in your particular chapter?
3: uh doing pretty well we're doing doing fairly well uh, we're We're powering ahead and we're booked uh, quite often we ha- We are often the center of a number of important community events uh, in this area, and uh, we often get a lot of accolades for what we do. Now, uh, but just because we, put, it, we do put in a lot of effort, though, into it. Justin, so a,
0: a very, very interesting phone call. I'm glad you called in. And by the way, as the Wheatfield Town Historian, um, in a couple of months, a few months, once the winter's over, um, we in Williamsville are going to be doing something very major on the archaeological front, which is going to be a big news story. I'm in, char- and, I'm in charge of the project. Uh, I, well, somehow I ended up in charge of the project, but I've learned that being in charge of the project means delegate, delegate, delegate. Uh, but or- organize, but delegate. Um, and I can't yeah. wait to and, tell and, people and, about it.
3: And, and just one more thing. As, as historian to the town of Weefield, it's, it's an incredibly passionate job of mine, actually. Had to make a new office in many ways. And uh, bringing things out for people really helps them want to contribute. And uh, I find that that has actually been pretty successful in our in our town, and uh, uh, our history is very important. It helps to inform the future.
0: And yeah, in, what indeed. People did back then, indeed. Really yeah.
3: Inspirational. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm a big lover of history, of course. Justin, thank you very much uh, for everything you do. Much appreciated. Let's go to Bob in uh, Buffalo on WBen. Bob, welcome. You are on. You're coming at this from a different angle. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I I wish. I could volunteer more. I just do not have the time. I am 27. I would be like a perfect example of someone that should be like a volunteer firefighter. I'm in pretty decent physical shape. I, you know, have mechanical know-how I have, you know, the stones to like run into a building if I really needed to. But at the end of the day, I mean, I work so much and even my job would be like a perfect example of a job that could facilitate doing volunteer firefighting because I'm a contractor and I, you know, essentially make my own hours, except for the fact that I live in Ellicottville, but most of my work is in Buffalo. So if I were to volunteer for any of the fire companies around me where I actually live, you know, it would take me an hour to get to the station and, even if i were to you know dedicate like nighttime volunteer hours to that i do physical work all day and i feel i would be more of a liability than an asset if I'm, like, exhausted physically and mentally.
0: Well, as a contractor, too, I mean, you you have customers, and your contracting customers will call you anytime, day or night, especially if a major problem comes up. I have a friend who's an electrical contractor, exactly. and uh, we're trying to have a party a few weeks ago, and he got a call from one of his clients. I won't say which one, but he needed to be there. He needed to get down there ASAP, and uh, he did.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You had to work with the fire department on that one, but that's another another story. So, I mean, Bob, see, again, you're 27, reasonably good condition. You would make an excellent volunteer firefighter. You don't have the time, and the nature of your work saps you of your strength and your energy.
4: Yeah. I mean, I have some energy to spare, but, you know... um, I don't know. I just feel so bad. Like when I was in high school, I used to even volunteer at Fort Niagara, you know, dressed up in the funny clothes and all that. But, you know, once you get into the working world, it really kind of just, it's, it sucks. Cause I wish I could help more. And I feel so bad because I don't know. And I, I know you're a big uh, recognizer of the duality of the millennial of, you know, we're either deadbeats
0: or we're working our asses off. Now, this, this uh, I'm, I'm afraid that's true. I, I, must, I must confess, I honestly do not understand where younger people are getting their money when they have no jobs. Because not everybody can, you know, sell pictures of their feet on just fans.
4: Well some of
0: us I? <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that you wise guy But say obviously you're a very you're a very ambitious guy i mean there are a lot of ambitious millennials generation xers et cetera, and uh you know obviously we baby boomers are an albatross tied around your necks for the next few years so sorry about that but um i i thank you for calling and it's a really interesting perspective um you bust your butt You'd love to volunteer because that's in your nature, but you simply don't have the time, which I think anybody could appreciate.
4: Yeah, we'll figure it out one day, though.
0: All right, man. Paul or, uh, Bob, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, I was just, um, I said Paul because I was actually in my head thinking about Paul Cambria. I don't know how he finds the time to do everything he does for Variety Club, but I know he puts a lot of time into it. And he also is obviously a nationally known and highly regarded attorney, less highly regarded, of course, um, when he speaks with me. That will bring anybody's uh, peg down a few notches, but nonetheless, he's uh, got some notches to spare, so he'll come out and talk to me sometimes when legal questions come up. All right, uh, thank you for all the calls on volunteering. I'm mulling two different topics to get into in the next hour. You know, there's a story about a basketball player. There's a story about a basketball player with a very interesting injury, and I think it may be time to do an hour's worth of perhaps something a little more lighthearted, Testicular Tales of Terror. I do it about once a year, and a New York Post story today caught my attention, and I thought, you know what? Hold my beer. I have an idea. On News Radio 930, WBEN, Testicular Tales of Terror. Very much into alliteration, like the vexing vacuum of volunteers.